I sit here examining This life you've given me I'm so unworthy Welcome to Cross Point Baptist Church. It's a great day to be in the Lord's house. We have uh, a lot of energy in the room. That's a good thing. And uh, something as simple as uh, seeing that sun out even adds a lot today. But we are here today when, and, uh, to honor our Lord, but also um, we have a reason to celebrate today. You guys like celebrations? This world is full of Negativity, not a lot of optimism out there, not a lot of hope. Cross Point Baptist Church, we want to hold a hope high. What is the hope? Our hope is in, in our Lord, it's in the cross. And we want to celebrate when it's time to celebrate. So I'm going to ask the Writings family if they would come up here. I'm going to ask you, you uh, the family, to stand right here so everybody can see you and you can't hide behind anything. So, um, I have uh, in my lifetime been able to witness the adoption process and also uh, been involved in it to, in, in some, to some degree in other cases but also be in actually in the courtroom when um, uh, the judge declares this uh, transaction, this finality of adoption into a family. It is um, very moving, and it's one of the rare times in, ca in court cases also that you celebrate because uh, it's full of a lot of um, hardships as well. So two weeks ago, two Wednesdays ago, I should say, um, we, uh, in, a in a mild way, we set up a courtroom right here if we could. What had happened was uh, because of COVID that they, um, the adoption process um, was going to have to be done through Zoom. And um, we wanted to, uh, and Andrew Molly wanted the, the also just the, the whole finality, the, the, this is the moment um, and for the girls' sake, Serenity and Trinity. So, uh, but they were like, I guess we'll just have to do it at the house. I was like, let's do it here. So, in typical Pastor Scott fashion, I said, we're going to recreate a courtroom right here. I'm going to put it. I got a robe, a black robe, and we're going to have a desk, and we're going to have chairs. So, we didn't do all that. But what we did do, and if you saw the video, Molly and Andrew were up here on a laptop, uh, with the zoom, with zooming, with zooming, on, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Zooming is not the word. Uh, what was it? Video a video conference. Um, <laughs> of, uh, and we had a larger screen here for the family to be here, and watch something become final. No longer thought about or hoped about. It's been a long couple years, hasn't it been? So I'm announcing to the church family, you've probably seen on Facebook, or uh, you've already probably know this, but I want to speak to the church family for just a moment, and then I want to speak to Andrew and Molly and the girls for just a moment. To the church family, this is living right before us is a biblical example of what it is to be adopted, to be grafted into the family of God. We didn't have the birthright, biblically speaking, Old Testament, we didn't have the birthright to be the family of God. But Jesus Christ, his birthright is the family of God. When we become believers, he grafts us into that spiritual family. So to the church family, this is, the first is that, uh, you'll see the word adoption You'll see the word grafted in, in the Bible. So when you see that word, think of these moments. 
I also want to speak to the church family and being, having seen this three times, um, how moving and extremely emotional it is to watch people um, sacrifice and adjust their lives. And the primary motivation is love. Is love. We are, I'm announcing this family to you today so you can be in constant prayer for them. Um, watching, learning, being, being excited. Make sure to celebrate with, with this family today. And I want to speak to Andrew and Molly and Serenity and Trinity today. That you, especially you girls, you are so welcome at Cross Point Baptist Church. In fact, you've already kind of taken over. <laughs> I, I have personally been able to spend time with the girls at the house and, and here, and they are full of energy. And as excited as, and, and are to Molly and Andrew, if you, thank you for being leaders here, but if you need anything, you're to let us know. We, we're here as a church family to surround this family uh, being directed in the proper way. But there's still somebody in, the, in this building and in this room that is um, probably more emotional and, and more excited than I am. And it's Pastor Rick. He has became a grandpappy. So I asked the girls what they're going to call him here at church, and it's Pastor Grandpappy. Pastor Grandpappy Rick. I've asked Pastor Rick, my friend, I see the excitement in his life. Um, I see the joy as well. I've asked Pastor Rick if he would come and open us in prayer and pray for this family as well. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, uh, we thank you so much. We thank you for your love and for your grace. Lord, I thank you for the uh, vision that you gave Andrew and Molly, yeah. years ago, Lord, even before that vision, you had already set in motion the plan to have Serenity and Trinity join us today. Yeah. Lord, we thank you for them and their love. We thank you for Serenity and Trinity and, and how they have accepted us as well as we have accepted them. And Lord, I pray that now, as they are officially a family, that the love of Christ will be upon them, that their dedication that they have for you will be to raise these two little girls in the admonition of the Lord. Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you that I get the benefit of this vision that you've given them and that I get to be part of it. Thank you so much. Lord, I pray that you'll be with uh, the rest of the service today as we start it off as a celebration that will celebrate the life of Christ through our lives. And we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Can we welcome them into our church family? invite the praise team now to come to the stage. Uh, this morning is a little differently in that um, Andrew has kind of lost his voice yesterday, so he, don't ha he doesn't have much of a voice today. He'll probably get us started, and the praise team will, will carry the load today. But it's also important to, um, when we're blessed today as well, to have so many gifted, talented people to be able to lead us to the throne of God, and we appreciate Jake being here today. Um, he's taking the place of, of Caitlin today, so we're grateful for uh, the praise team. So let's worship together, get our minds fixed on him and not ourselves, and lift up his name and uh, put a smile on God's face today.
may be seated. I thought of yet another <clears throat> point I wanted to make about the whole um, adoption that uh, we've also get to experience and witness, and it dovetails spiritually with us, and that is two lives that are young, the course, the path that they're now on has changed. Their destiny on earth has changed. And uh, isn't that a great picture of what happens when you give your life to Jesus Christ? Because now you have the ability to love, and he changes the steps of a righteous man, boy or girl, are ordered by the Lord. Okay, you're not excited about it as I am. I kind of saw that. Um, I, I thought of it yesterday, but I reminded myself there again during that song how th th their lives are changed. They now have a shot, a chance at hope and life and even life eternal, I would add. I want to take this morning and talk about the parent's duty. The parent's duty. Now, uh, several years ago, we did this Monday, Monday, Mother's Day through Father's Day. We had family weeks, and um, it was good. We did it just about every year, and I decided to give it a, a breather. Um, but it's time to pick it up again because we have a role. Each of us have a, um, more than just a role, uh, a command. We're commissioned by God um, to follow his word, and we're given directions. We're given, sometimes we're parents, sometimes we're children, sometimes we're grandparents. And that right there should cover everybody. So I think about these things, and we this morning want to talk about the parents' duty. Now, when I think about this room, right now we have some parents with young children. We have senior adults that have already raised their children. We have uh, grandparents in here, and we have extended family. I really want you to, to key in on Scripture today. I always say this when I cover family issues, and that is, don't think that this doesn't apply to me. You may think, well, I've already raised my kids. Why are we talking about a parent's duty? Well, one, because we're instructing for some. Listen, do you remember what it's like to be a young parent looking at these little monsters and you don't know how to, what to do with them? They're, they're driving me crazy. They're climbing the wall. They're, and, 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 and yet, but we love them. And, and, and we need some instruction on how to raise children, especially, especially in 2021. My goodness, you young parents have a different set of uh, 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 parameters by the world's standards, but not by God's. We want to instruct. But also, I want to share this. As we talk about the parents, parents' duty, some of you are parents to be, some of you are parents. Now, some of you have already been parents. This may be a chance and, and for you, as we cover these portions of Scripture, to think back in your life, and it may get a little convicting for you. It may get to the point where you realize, you know, I think I sinned in this area in raising my children. And by the way, there's no, that if you recognize that and God points that out, that's a good thing, not a bad thing, right? So we can make it right before him. But when we do uh, follow the commands of Scripture, and we do it with a genuine heart, you know what also happens? A blessing. Children are a blessing from the Lord. They're a blessing. You learn so much about yourself watching your children grow. Children have the easy role in the family, though. Ooh, think about that line for a minute. Children have the easy role in the family. All they have to do is obey. The parents' duty is what's really hard. Why? Parents have to set a good example, be teachers, give correction, provide discipline, also uh, lead them in the direction of the Lord, all without frustrating the, ch the child in the process. That's the harder job. I want to welcome those by Facebook Live this morning. A lot of people are chiming in from all over, um, and we're able to witness earlier what we just shared, but now we get to do the lifting. 
of parenting. So parents like children are, are fallen and sinful. You know, your children inherit the sin nature, depravity, just like we did. It doesn't happen when just for adults. It happens at birth. When, when, you, when you, as a human being, uh, enter this world, you've, you've also brought with you depravity. But redemption in Christ gives us a new heart with, to love with, but we still do things that we hate. Amen? Romans chapter 7. Remember that part where Paul's talking back and forth with himself? Those things, this is what I want to do, but I don't do that. And the things that I don't want to do, well, that's what I do. And he kind of goes back and forth with his, well, it's not with his self, it's scripture, but it's kind of interesting to read that. Parents are not perfect. Yet the child is commanded to obey. I find myself, the older I get, quoting my dad more and thinking of my mother more in endearing terms. I love it when I, um, you know, because parents, what are we? We're redundant. We say the same thing a thousand times over. But can I tell you one of the joys that I'm starting to experience? It's when your children that are in their 20s are starting to use your lines back on you. Like you hear them in the other room. Yeah. But parents are not perfect. Yet the child is to, is the child, the command to the child is to obey. Pastor Rick actually mentioned this scripture in his prayer. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. There's also a sense where I said a child's role is easier, all they have to do is obey, right? But really, there's a matter of mutual submission that applies here as well. There's a sense in which the parents submit to their children. Well, what do you mean by that? Now, that's a new thought for Cross Point Baptist Church. Bear with me and the Word of God this morning as we unravel that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Let's start in verse 1. Where it says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. There is a structure there. God has placed a structure in the family, and it's with the parents, okay? Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So in verse 1, the instruction is to obey. Verse 2, the instruction is to honor. We, you, as a child, perhaps you, you can do the right thing, but with the wrong attitude. That's not honoring. Honor and obey is what's um, uh, pointed out there. And then he, he'll give you some whys later. But verse 3 uh, is a little bit of a why. That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. Verse 4. Here's the verse I want us to key in on. It says, And you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. That sounds so heavy, doesn't it? We've shared this portion of scripture. It sounds so heavy, but really there's an excitement in that verse, in verse 4. Because not only does it give hope for the, the, the child, which we're going to talk about in a moment, it gives hope for the parent. You now don't have to read the latest self-help books or, self, or, or parenting books on how to be the greatest parent in the world. If you will follow this parenting book, verse 4, where it says, bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord, this is your parent book. This is it. This is it. Now, I'm going to be talking about a book in just a moment, but this is the primary source that gives us hope to raise children and even grandchildren. So, in verse 4, where it says, and you fathers, that word father in the Greek has a, uh, it's not just to the male, it's to parents. It's the word used to talk about parents. So parents do not provoke your children to wrath. I'm going to say something right now that is, uh, man, it's just something right now you're hearing in our culture, and you may be nervous when I say it, but this is how it was, Okay. This is when this portion of scripture was written. In Roman law, there was a term, patra postis, which means father's power. 
And what that means is it, in the Roman law, it gave absolute authority for the man in the, the father in the family to rule their children and their wives as property. That's how it was. Now, right now, that's a hot button issue, isn't it? Man, it's like, Pastor Scott, be careful, be careful. That's how it was, okay? That was Roman law. And for those of you that think we ought to follow the law, just no matter what, it's the law, Romans 13, follow the law no matter what. Now, there's a good law you're not going to want to follow. We follow God's word. Paul and God flip this in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. We may read Ephesians 6, 4, read it as heavy, like, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. Dads are going, oh, that's, that's yep. I'm, I, I know how this ends. Mothers are reading that going, I'm included in that too. Now I got to spend all my time training and bringing them up and teaching them Sunday school class lessons every day of my life. Listen, they're watching your life anyways. You might as well teach them. Teach them by example. But Paul, when he wrote that, he flipped a script on them. Because, what was the law? This is, hey, fathers, dads, men, these are your property. That's, that's what the law was. That's what was being taught. Paul and the Holy Spirit, they flipped that. Watch what it says. Because back, back in then, children would not want to provoke your, your fathers to wrath. Not if you're their property. You wouldn't want that. What did that verse 4 say? Fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. See what he did right there? That's controversial. Parents submit to their children how? Here's how. By sacrificing to give what the family needs. Many of you, many of you work tireless hours at an occupation or at your business in order to provide what's needed for the family, and most of your wants. Many of you spend time just making the home clean and presentable in a good environment for the very same purpose. You're sacrificing to give your family what it needs while not exasperating or discouraging them. So three things, three, this happens really in three commands is how we're going to fulfill this. This morning. So, the first is this, where it says, do not provoke them. Do not provoke them. Chapter 6, verse 4, which is on the screen. Um, it means, when, when you're raising your children, don't thoughtlessly aggravate them. Don't thoughtlessly just wear them out. Now, again, right now, you may be thinking, man, my kids are this big. I got to really guard this. I got to guard. And by the way, when they're here to about here, in my opinion, those are the golden years. You think the terrible twos are bad? Wait till you got a 14-year-old in the house. You know what I'm saying? They're, you don't know it, but these are the golden years. Oh, I miss those days, man. I miss them so bad when them kids crawl up on your lap and climb like monkeys on you. That's so fun. Don't provoke them. Don't thoughtlessly aggravate them. Now, I wrote that word aggravate, which, and I don't like it now because that's what I do. I aggravate people on purpose. But it's out of love. It's out of, look, if you see me with kids, what do I do with them? Hey, get over here. I'm playing with them. But what he's not saying, don't, he's saying don't confuse the boundaries is what he's saying to the children. The synonymous verse for this is in Colossians. Go two books forward to Colossians chapter 3. Now listen, I want to make this clear because you may be thinking, I'm, again, I'm past these years. You may be convicted about something in your heart about raising children. I wish I would have, I should have done. Make it right. Make it right before God. Make it right with your children. Colossians chapter 3, verse 21 is a symmetrical verse, I guess, if I can use that term. Where it says, fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. The NASB translation um, uses the word, do not exasperate them. Do not wear them out. 
I've sat with many of you, men on men, just doing discipleship stuff, and, and we're trying to figure life out. We've covered that in extense, an extensive uh, conversation as we look at the scripture and what that means. Don't wear them out. Don't make the boundaries so tight that they give up hope. There's no sense in even trying. I'm never going to please mom or dad. I can never do anything right. Don't make them so loose that they're running the house. Don't exasperate them. Children want to know where the boundaries are. They want to know where the boundaries are. I saw something pretty cool yesterday. There's a little party here for the adoption and um, I watched a little one when too many people was around wanted to run to mom and wanted mom wanted to be like mom to hold her like this. Now why is that? that that's where I'm safe. That's where it's safe. Mom and dad, they're, they're going to keep me safe. They want to know the boundaries. They want to know that you are the safe place. Well, we as parents show our submission to them by treating them with gentleness kindness, consideration, and respect. By the way, some of them are the fruits of the Spirit, all, be, all part of being a good example. What the Bible is not saying, underline the word not, is that every time the child becomes angry, it's the parent's fault. That's not what it's saying. Nor does it give the child the okay to be angry, disrespectful, disobedient, we know that's the opposite by uh, Ephesians 6, 4. But it does put the parent in double trouble. How? By wearing them out, it violates their duty as a parent and causes the child to stumble. Listen to me. Your kids, your grandkids, they're going to stumble in this world all by themselves. Don't, don't help them. They're going to struggle. They're going to have life issues come at them. They're going to struggle with temptations. They're going to They're going to sin. Okay, don't make it easy for them. Don't make your house a place that's easy for them to sin. Make your house that safe place with the boundaries, with the guards in place. Make your house a fun house. The expression provoked to wrath is one word in the Greek, but it means every kind of anger. It means every kind of anger. What are the every kind of anger? Outbursts. Rebellion. You've seen this out of, out of children. Outbursts, rebellion, silent treatment, clamming up, blowing up. Oh, by the way, we've also seen these in adults, haven't we? Where would that child have learned that behavior? Or a combination of all of these. Ways parents provoke their children to wrath, excessive discipline or, or inconsistent discipline, unkindness. And here's one I want you to consider this morning. We joke about this in our house even. By showing favoritism. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25. As we turn to our Bible, I was able to talk to one of our church members on the phone this week. And I spy them here this morning. It is so good to see Maureen Taylor. I see you back there, girl. Genesis chapter 25, verse 28. This is an interesting one. We joke about this in our house, and then we just finally gave up and admitted to it. Um, Genesis chapter 25, verse 28. Jacob favored Esau over, or Isaac favored Esau over Jacob, and Rebekah preferred Jacob over Esau. 25, 28, it says, Isaac loved Esau because he ate of his game. Rebekah loved Jacob. Okay? So it all becomes that fun little thing you play in your house. Well, you were mom's favorite. Mom liked you best. Right? You ever done that thing? Well, here's the deal. Being the youngest of eight, I was the baby. So I could do no wrong. They tell me. I was spoiled, and I became a pastor. So, like, my halo is extra shiny, is how my siblings would probably view that, right? But like Chuck Eckert told me, my halo is only held up by my horns. 
But Isaac favored Esau over Jacob. Becah preferred Jacob over Esau. You know, perhaps without even knowing it, if you have more than one child in your house, you could, you could do that without realizing it. And at the same time, parents, we can't parent each child the same way, can we? You ever heard this? That's not fair. You ever heard that? Yeah, that was, I said that to Carla. <laughs> it's, <laughs> children are different. We raise them differently. We know them better than they know themselves at sometimes, right? And, and we, we, if we will do but what God wants, and listen, I'm going to help you get there in a minute uh, of what your ultimate goal is, but here's a blatant, Example of Isaac and Esau and, and Jacob and Rebekah. And one just, it was obvious and showed more favoritism over the other. So our joke in our house is, I love my kids the most. Uh, I love my, both my children the same. I just like Caitlin more. Right? She's my daddy's girl. And um, uh, I think Aaron's kind of good with that. Well, what happened as a result in Genesis 25, 28? What happened as a result? As you read through Genesis, you're going to see that this led to a permanent split in the family. Because the parents showed this favoritism. A permanent split in the family. You'll see it in Genesis 27. But Jacob also turns around and does the same thing with his children. With Joseph and his brothers who even plotted against him in Genesis 37. Family tradition kicked in there, didn't it? As usual, believer, God's sovereign will somehow brought much good, but the family endured the heartache all because of favoritism. I thought of another funny thing I do. Again, I like to um, just have fun. When I go to Carol Throckmorton's house, she has her three children's pictures. I like to put them in order just to mess her up and say, this one must be the favorite, so I'll put this up front. Just, just, just to stir the pot a little bit. We'll leave it go for now, but um, I had fun with that. Here's another way we exasperate overindulgence. Too permissive parents that let the children misbehave with no consequence are actually showing contempt for the child, Proverbs uh, 1324, you might want to write that one down. 1324 Proverbs. Children want to know the boundaries, right from wrong, good from evil. And if you don't do that, they're going to be left with a wandering, exasperated heart. Overprotection, pressure to achieve. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, but it leads to them being discouraged, we saw in Colossians 3.21. That's the negative side to the Ephesians 4 and the Colossians 3. But there are two positives to that duty. It's the training and the admonition of the Lord. You get to bring them up. You will learn more about yourself when you're rearing children than you, than you, would, you do watching them, perhaps. There's a nurturing that happens we need to nurture them. Children can't reach maturity on their own. They're not going to reach. They can grow up. They can grow taller. But it doesn't mean they're mature. The more they are left with themselves, the less they will become what they ought. Proverbs 29, verse 15. Parents can't bring, can't bring them up to what they ought to be unless you help them realize the fundamental needs are, you ready, parents? Spiritual. Their fundamental needs are spiritual. Children have a heart problem. You have a heart problem as well. Ultimately, listen, it's not about their behavior, but their heart. The behavior is just only coming out of whatever's in the heart. What we do as parents, we try to control the behavior, don't we? You sit here and be good. You be good and I'll reward you. And that's okay. That's okay with positive reinforcements, the big fancy term. I call it bribing. Works. 
But we're doing more than having just good behavior because behavior stems from the heart. So let's talk about that for a moment. Children have a heart problem. Behavior simply reflects what is going on. Turn with me to Mark chapter 7. I think this will be the last scripture we kind of dive into. Mark chapter 7. Verse 21 through 23. Mark 7, 21 through 23. Jesus is speaking here in this portion of Scripture. He's in his public ministry. He talks about where does this defilement come? And he's speaking to adults mainly here, but uh, when Jesus was walking this earth, anybody that would listen, uh, it would behoove them to listen to the letters written in red. In chapter 7, verse 21 says, For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed, and here goes the list, evil thoughts, adulteries, fornication, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. And then he sums up verse 23, that next word is all. All these evil things come from within that defile a man, that defile a woman, that defile even children. These things are coming from the inside out. God can only, only God can renew the heart. Parents need to help children understand their need for regeneration. What are we talking about? Being born again. Their problem is sin. And they will not, write this down, they will not naturally outgrow depravity. You can't just hope it happens. you got to be purposeful. By the way, grandparents, you need to be purposeful in praying for your grandchildren. Praying that the Lord, pray for your children that are raising your grandchildren. Pray that, that they're accomplishing Ephesians 6, 4. Pray that the circumstances, whether it be at a, a church, and the circumstances in their life are, are, are leading them to being born again. An old word, an old-timey word, we just don't hear much about anymore. Only God can renew the heart, and there's, there it is. You're not going to do it. You can't do it. The best you can do is control their behavior in and of yourself. Only God, only through Christ can a heart be renewed, made new. Parents, you need to help children understand their need for regeneration. It's not enough to correct bad behavior and teach good manners. Direct them to Christ. And that's where the prayer that Pastor Rick was he's praying with Scripture Training and the admonition. Training, this is what's good and right. The admonition is this the correction, right? This the correction of who? Of the parent? Of the Lord. Parents, you cannot guarantee the salvation of your children. You can't guarantee it. You can do everything right, and you can't guarantee it. You can't repent for your children. You can't believe for your children. Only the Holy Spirit gives that new heart. John chapter 3, verses 6 through 8. Parents, you know what that makes you? An evangelist. You, be, you have to be the evangelist. Don't, don't become Billy Graham and preach to them every day through your life. They're watching. They're watching. Through your words, through your attitude, through your conduct, they're watching. Perhaps that's the best way to train your children. Perhaps the best way is to admit to them when you're wrong, when you're sinning. Perhaps that's the best way to train them. And when a child comes to Christ, your duty's still not over. Parents need to, to deal with the heart issues. Why? Because that's not the end of all. End all. Now, I told you a moment ago I was going to mention a book. I am not a pastor who mentions the book of the week. Book of the week. you got to read this book. got to read this book. 
But there is um, a book that I would, for young parents, for any parent, I encourage you to get it. I'm going to ask Brad Bovey to help me with the author's name in a second. But the name of the book is Shepherding a Child's Heart. Uh, we have taught it here several times. I know Brad taught it in his class. It should be, um, Ted Tripp should be the author. Is that right, Brad? Yeah, they're brothers. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's one of those two brothers that wrote this book. But the book isn't the fix-all either. The book helps you take the word and apply it. Okay, it's called Shepherding a Parent's Heart. By the way, it's good for you adults to read that book as well. And when you're done reading it, read it again. Ted Tripp, okay? Um, I highly recommend that book because it will show you your goal in child rearing. It's not the behavior. It's not so they can be set up, not so they can have security, so that they can have, be doctors and lawyers and all these things and have all this money. That is not your goal. In fact, those things are probably a hindrance to what your real goal is. Your real goal is shepherding their heart to the training and the admonition of the Lord. How do you do that? Man, that's fun. I'd like to have another lifetime to kind of do it again. How do you accomplish the, the, the full um, gamut, if you will, of child rearing? How do you do it? The word of God, the whole word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 6, in the word of God, we look at 2 Timothy 3.16. Consider this last point. The other part of this is... The, the, the admonition to them. The word admonition in Ephesians 6, 4 is rebuke or to warn. It means to rebuke or to warn. Uh, to warn. What form of discipline is best? Well, you get to use your own discernment on that. Verbal rebukes, timeouts, grounding, removal of privileges, corporal punishment, which is code for a spanking, or somewhere in the midst of all that. Some experts would say no form of negative correction is acceptable, only positive reinforcement. Scripture would say otherwise. Proverbs chapter 13 and Proverbs 23. The answer is this. No single punishment is right for every child and situation. There's none. Children are different. You raise them differently. Parents need to choose and apply and be in agreement. Choose and apply whatever method they choose with wisdom, restraint, with love and understanding. And just a little freebie here. Be careful to do this, especially I would speak to the mothers here. If you're with the child and they're acting up and you're worn out and you say, you wait till dad gets home. That's not a unified front. Just, just be careful with that. Just be careful with that. But on the other hand, sometimes dad can come home and just with a certain look or a certain tone, get that immediate behavior. Behavior is not the goal, but it is interesting how that works. I gave Aaron a spanking one time that went through the echoes of eternity that put the fear in Caitlin to where I never had to spank her. Three, three principles to help parents achieve their, the raising of their children without provoking them to anger. One, discipline needs to be consistent. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. And sometimes as they get older, you may need to say, let, let me and mom talk about this a little bit. The punishment should fit the crime. They're five minutes late, you're not grounded for six months. Punishment didn't fit the crime. You know what's going to happen next time? They're going to think, well, if I'm going to be grounded for six months, I might as well make the crime fit the punishment. They may not come home all night. Much of your training should be positive, instructive. Recognize and reward growth and maturity. Get excited when you see them grow and have victories and make good decisions. Oh, pump them up. Pump that up. I love it. And don't be too, don't be a tightwad. 
How about this? Reward them. Someone said it like this. Reward your children. Show them you love them when they do good. It's cheaper than bail. Here's how I want to conclude today. I think today was proper and fitting. It's not to scare anybody or to get, make you feel guilty. We just want to be well-pleasing to the Lord in all areas of our life. We're going to have victories in some. We're going to fail in some. We need to recognize our failures, build on our victories. But my prayer for Cross Point Baptist Church this morning, member and believer, is that God would grant you the grace, the wisdom, and the understanding, the determination to apply God's principles. Man, let that be a reminder today. I think everybody's going to hug their kids a little tighter today because of what we witness. Your grandchildren, you may want to just not let them go today. And God loves you the same way. He's our Heavenly Father. He's the perfect Father. You know, there's sometimes a child may want their attention of their father and um, it's just, you know it's not the right time. Maybe the dad came home from a bad day at work, pipe broke, bills, whatever. And that child may want a, their dad's attention and they don't know how to better leave him alone. Don't leave him alone. We never have that problem with our Heavenly Father. You're never bothering him. He's never in a rush. He's never too busy. You're never bothering him. He says, make your request be made known unto him. I'm going to ask you to commit and recommit your life and your children and your grandchildren to the Lord today. Lord, we want what you want. Help us to get there. And again, don't forget, we talk about the parent had the harder role of the Ephesians 6-4 <coughs> in the Colossians verse because they're sacrificing. Our Heavenly Father also sacrificed. He sacrificed for you, His Son. Let's bow for prayer as we make these things become shored up in our heart. Can we do that? Lord, thank you for loving us and being our God and giving us instruction. You didn't leave us here to wander and grope about. You've given us the ability to live this life stepping into our roles. And for those that are here, dear God, that are, that are just a little timid, don't know how, nervous, Lord, have them just to trust and obey and do, just to do. Because the end result is a life that's well-pleasing to you. We're nervous as we raise children, and we're excited. We're nervous because we don't know what the future holds. But you do. So bless today with your presence, whatever we find ourselves doing. May it be well-pleasing to you, your agenda first, not ours, and help us to lead and shape a child's heart. We're going to shepherd that heart to you. I lift this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, I was telling the church that we were putting some events on the calendar. We met as leadership. Um, we, it's good to have our calendar starting to at least put something on the calendar as it relates to the rest of this year. Uh, we'll be announcing those um, up and coming. But I did ask um, for ideas, and I asked um, several people, Brittany, Danielle, or two of them, just brainstorm. It wasn't a day later, and they said, you said brainstorm, so here's a list. Boom. No, they didn't do it like that. But they have a brainstorm, and we talked about it, and I said, it sounds awesome to me, those that are willing. So I'm going to ask Danielle if she would come and share a little bit more. Um, yeah, so we started brainstorming, and Pastor Scott um, hasn't even seen our whole list, so we have a lot more coming to him. But um, for the women, the fervent women's ministries, we are going to be doing a getaway. So this is for um, all women of Cross Point. We will be going to Gatlinburg, Tennessee. We are going to be leaving Thursday, April 29th, 
early in the morning, coming back Saturday, May 1st in the evening. And um, this will be a time of fun and fellowship, food, shopping, more food and more shopping, um, dinners, shows, all of it. And um, so the approximate cost um, will depend on how many women do sign up and commit to going. Um, we're looking between 75 and 100 for the cabin rental. Um, that'll be per person. So um, we do need a definite number. And we are going to have a like more detail, informative meeting uh, briefly after service next Sunday. I believe that's the 28th. Um, but we, we do have a sign up today out at the Welcome Center. If you have any questions, you can see myself or Brittany. And um, I think that's it. And we'll, like I said, we'll have more details um, in that meeting next week. You said getaway, not giveaway. Getaway. Get okay, making sure. It's how you said get giveaway. We're not giving away Gatlinburg trips, girl. I'm saying. So um, it's been good to be in the Lord's house this morning. It's been encouraging to be here this morning. No? I'm extremely happy to be here this morning. Thank you for being here today. If you need anything, make sure to let your leader know. All right? You are dismissed. <laughs>